Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brownhead. That's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CKID. Once again, at CKID, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can download and listen to all the live shows that we, that we have airing throughout the week. So, happy to listen, happy to miss them. You can go back and listen to them and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports Zone Chicago on Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Look, I know this is Monday. I'm going backwards, but please follow me here. <laughs> Speaking of our podcast, Second City Sports, you can go to War Media Podcast as we are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine box. You're ready. W-A-R-R Media P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. That's War Media Podcast on all podcast platforms. And while you're at it, please go ahead and give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the pod, Jackly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour live extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show, you can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to be a lamb, be a boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you, you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just download, tap on that sports folder and download the Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku TV, you have some handheld devices laying around. iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook, like I'm using right now. Uh, Lakina is using her personal PC. Just go to that Google Play Store, download that Roku TV app, and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate the squad and give it the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV, live and on demand, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Anytime, anywhere you want. And you know we will provide. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And we got a busy show ahead. Of course, we'll recap game two of the NBA Finals. As Miami, as a Miami Heat, I guess you know we'll, we'll get to all that in a second. You know, they, they even their series with the Nuggets. We'll see if Florida can uh, even their series in the Stanley Cup Final tonight against Vegas and some other stuff that's been happening too. You know, in and around sports, maybe some sports media news. Of course, it's Monday, so it's old school TV Monday. We'll see where we're going this week, but. First, we're going to talk some baseball. Pretty, oh, no, no, a pretty uh, good uh, weekend for um, our Chicago teams. Uh, of course, we'll start with the uh, we'll start with the Cubs first to kind of get them out the way. Uh, the Cubs take two out of three. Well, actually, they're going to be playing their fourth game. Of course, it was a weird Monday uh, wrap up series against the Padres, but they have already won two out of three. Marcus Stroman pitched another gem mm-hmm. yesterday, and also has a second. Uh, I guess he has what the second uh, you know best ERA in the National League uh, so far this year i mean i think mm-hmm. he had what, like one hit and 
you know, and it's, it's sort of like I guess you know trying to uh, I don't you know he you know he's gonna be he's gonna be a free agent after this season. So some people say, well, maybe you know maybe you know they oh, they should trade him or whatever. You know, Clinton's not gonna be in the contention, but they're they're right there on top of the Cubs are. So, but yeah. you know, so far so good for the Cubs right now, and they they looked really good. You know, their pitch has been you know the pitch has been solid. Uh, their hit has been you know pretty good as well. So, uh, Sid, what do you think about the Cubs this weekend? I'll start in with the Cubs offense. It looks like their fans are really starting to turn it up another notch. And we talked about it, Lakina, uh, all year long, at least for the last month or so. The Cubs, with that great pitching staff, uh, even though uh, Justin Steele is hurt right now, if you get between four and six runs a ball game, this pitching starting pitching staff should keep you in the ball game. Of course, their problem has been their bullpen. Of course, it got exposed again on Saturday night. But with that being said, the offense looks like they turned it up a notch in terms of the home run. I believe they hit three home runs yesterday. I know Dan Smith-Swanson hit one on Friday as part of that mm-hmm. two-to-one win in that series opener. So that cup, those Cubs bats are starting to come alive. You, you talk about Swanson. You talk about Seiya Suzuki, Trey Mancini coming off the bench. Matt Mervis, even though he's going through his uh, rookie slump right now, it's only a matter of time before he gets going. So I like the way this Cubs offense is, is rolling right now. And it's hopefully they're supposed to get back Cody Bellinger soon. I know you mentioned that on our last show last Friday. So I like the way this offense is operating for the Chicago Cubs. The, the offense is not the problem. It's the backhand of their bullpen is going to be the problem. But I like the way those bats came alive yesterday, and they took advantage of those Padres mistakes. Yeah, big mistakes too. And uh, Juan, uh, you know, it's interesting because you know Juan Soto and uh, and and Stroma got a little bit of a, like a match there. You know, of course, you know, he started strutting mm-hmm. when he hit um, when he got a hit from him, and of course, you know, he struck him out. You know, Stroma struck him out that very next inning. You know, he got him mm-hmm. right back. Uh, Miguel uh, Maya, his first home run as a Cub. You know, the rookie. So he went three for three in that game um, yesterday. And you know, going into that uh, that game, uh, you know, that Saturday game where uh, the Cubs. You know, were shut out. I mean, you know, Darvish was dominant, and you know, Tatis, you know, had his you know, home run. He's starting to heat up a little bit, and but also, you know, it was really the bullpen for the Cubs. I mean, it was, you know, it was actually, you know, you know, they were actually were really close a couple of times. I was talking about the Cubs were, and unfortunately, they just couldn't get the hitting going, and and, and you know, and whatnot. So, you know, it is what it is with that. But look, they can get they take the series tonight. You know, they went three out of four, and. Um, you know, tonight and look, I, I feel like I, I feel like this is good. You know, the Cubs where you're at right now. I mean, look, the bat has been really good. Stroma's been pitching very well. We'll see how Hendricks, you know, Hendricks starts tonight. You know, we'll see how he looks. You know, we'll get to kind of see if you know, he's really black. I know his last start, he was actually pretty solid. So yeah, I'm looking forward to see what, what he does. I mean, this should be an interesting uh, finish to this series. I agree with you, Lakina. Cal Hendricks, his last start was better than his first start a couple weeks ago, especially with the injuries to Justin Steele. We, we're going to see how much uh, deeper this Cubs starting rotation is. Drew Smiley, who started that game on Saturday, he really didn't have it. I know he only he had four strikeouts, but uh, he's he struggled and the, the offense was shut out. But Marcus Stroman he had a great performance yesterday. He's your long all-star representative for the Chicago Cubs. And the all-star game was to take place today. And so also, too, you, you mentioned all – Mitchell Cal Hendricks is an imp- important start for him tonight. And uh, the way the entries are now starting to hit that starting rotation, the, the everybody is all hands on deck. Everybody else ne- needs to step up because uh, with, with the bullpen struggling outside of Abba Azalai and Mark Leiter Jr., uh, it, it puts that much pressure on their starting step. But it all starts with that offense tonight. And we'll see how Kyle H- Hendricks can set the tone from the mound tonight. 
they're starting to give a little bit better when I'm talking about with the hitting. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know uh, Swanson had a couple of RBIs in you know, those two, you know, three games so far. Uh, Say is starting to kind of hit, you know, hit the ball a little bit better too. Ian have had a couple of big hits. So, yeah, I think, look, it's it's sort of one of those things where you're starting to kind of see everything's, you know, starting to kind of, you know, get together and start to kind of mapping out. And I think that's what you want if you're a Cubs fan right now. We'll get to the rest of the, uh, of the, ba- of baseball that just, as, you know, after the break. But I mm-hmm. feel like the Cubs, you know, yes, they've had some bad losses. Yes, they got swept by the Reds last weekend and, you know, this and that. But I think they've shown, they've shown you that there's actually a fight in this team and they're, you know, they're not going anywhere. And I, and I feel like they can get the, get the bullpen together. They, you know, Lighter Jr. has been kind of like one of the few bright spots in that bullpen. Mm-hmm. You know, Talon, you know, Talon hasn't been a good signing yet so far, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of like where everybody is. I mean, I think, look, you know, it's a long season, you know, things ebbs and flows. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to see what they do tonight, especially, especially with, with Hendricks um, pitching. We'll see if he really is starting to kind of be like the Kyle Hendricks we saw from a couple of years ago. And, you know, and I'm looking forward to see what they are. Look, they're 25 and 32. They're still right there in the thick of it in the National League Central. So I'm not worried about the Cubs right now. I know that we have some people that are a little bit worried. I don't know what, I don't know if folks thought they were going to go to the World Series, but, you know, look, <laughs> considering, where, considering where they were at last year, considering where they are this year, I, I think you got to be feeling pretty good where they are. They're kind of even Steven right now. Of course, especially the way the NL Central is shaking out. As you mentioned, we'll get into the rest of it after this break. But as far as Kyle Hendricks is concerned for tonight, if you get anything close to 2015, 2016, uh, that's more than enough if you're a Cubs fan. But I just need him to be slightly above average in the offense to continue that momentum from yesterday. If you can get those two things, you should take three out of four from San Diego tonight. Yeah, you really should, and we'll see what happens with that. Now let's go to the south side. Okay, you know, we were, it was a very strange series between the Sox and the Tigers. They, they swept the Tigers. Yippee. Goody gumdrops. Woo. Okay, that that's nice. And Yo, look, I think, look, Jake Berger had a grand Still on the petty train, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, look, look, there's no pettiness here. I mean, I'm, I'm going to sit here and look. Wake me when they went 10 and 12 in a row, then then we'll talk, and then maybe I'll care. Right now, look, we saw what, look, they look, they won, what, two out of three against the Twins a couple of weeks ago. They ended up losing, like, what, five of their la- of their uh, their next seven. You know, they win, you know, three out of four in one series. They lose, like, you know, six of their next eight. So I'm sorry if I'm not, like, you know, on the train. Oh, oh, look, the White Sox are back. Okay. You know, again, wake me when they win 10 and 12 in a row. Maybe I'll care. Yeah, you know, Jake Berger's been, look, I'm not going to trust anybody that that picked St. Louis Pizza over Chicago Pizza. I know that's where, that's where he's from, but, you know, <laughs> I don't trust anybody uh, that's picked, the, you know, Chicago Pizza. But, you know, I'm not going to leave that part alone. But, okay, yeah, you know, your pitching you know, was solid. Seas was good. Uh, you know, Burger hit that grand slam. Now that you know, in this series, we hit, we have like three, like two wild pitches and a, and a pass ball that hit the umpire in the face. That's how the Sox won that Saturday game. And it, it's just, it was just one of those weird deal you know, series where it's basically described the AL Central in a nutshell. That's basically what it is. You know, weird, you know, home runs off someone's head or someone's face and someone's foot or growing. And, you know, that, that's again, like it's pretty much described the NL Central, AL Central, I should say. But look, I mean, that's the that's you know, that that's the White Sox season how it's been. So what what you think? I know you're gonna have a lot to say about it. Look, I'm happy for Liam Hendricks. He got the <laughs> win from yesterday, but again, wake me when he does consistently. I'm not impressed. Uh, I get your pessimism, Lakina, but as I said for the last couple of weeks, you gotta start somewhere. And trust me, if the White Sox would have lost this series, trust me, 
yours should have been more upset than you today. So, but we got to uh, accept things for the way they are. Like you said, they've been consistently inconsistent all year, but you got to start somewhere. And as I told you, the Tigers are a bunch of frauds. And I know they're going through some injuries too, but they still have to play the game of baseball just like everybody else. But the White Sox took advantage of it. It all started where they started pitching. Mike Clevenger returned from the IL last Friday. He had a stellar performance of uh, pitching six shutout innings to qualify for the win. That Saturday game was ugly, but uh, you'll you'll take it, especially the way the Sox have been playing um, so far this season. And, of course, yesterday, Sunday, Michael Kopech, uh, besides that home run, he gave it to Torkelson early in the game. Uh, he, he was solid, and he definitely rebounded from that last start last Monday night against the Anaheim Angels, Angels where he just didn't have it. But it was all about the starting pitching. The, the bullpen for the White Sox has been solid for the last few weeks, and this was, was before Liam Hendricks returned last week. And so Aaron Bum is starting to pick, pick it up. Kenyon Middleton uh, is a new guy out of that bullpen for the White Sox. He's really being impressed with the young rookie reliever. Also, too, Kendall Graber is starting to pick it up. So uh, you're starting to see uh, pieces here, and they're starting to pick it up. The question is, can they put it all together? Because they have a tough three-game series in New York City against the Yankees starting tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, folks, he's been saying it for like the last like two or three weeks every time they win a series. Let me see what happens there. So that's where <laughs> – no pain. This is just – you know, I look, the, the eye test <laughs> SEO has proven me otherwise. So, you know, look, you look, you think you – look, if you think your wife's still have a chance, you know, hey, have at it. But, look, again, look, they're six and a half back, and they got a very five tough series. Five and a half. Five, well, no, no, it's six and a half. No, five and a half. Okay, we have five and a half. I'm looking at the, the wrong state. We have five and a half. But even still – you're not going to get into, in the wild card spot. There's like three or four, like about six teams ahead of you. You're, you're not going to get in the wild card spot. So you got to win your division. And uh, look, I mean, each of the other teams in the AL Central have a, a pretty tough schedule coming up, you know, this week in their respective divisions. So, you know, look, like I said, you win, look, you lose, you win two out of three. Maybe I might pay attention, but you've shown me, you know, the stats have shown me that I can't trust them. So, it is what it is uh, with that. But, yeah, I mean, look, that was a really strange series from start to finish, you know, a couple of walk-offs and, you know, wild pitches and stuff like that. So, and you look up, look, like I said, I'm, I'm happy for Hendricks. You know, yesterday was actually National Cancer Survivors Day, so mm -hmm. I guess it was only fair that he would get the win uh, uh, yesterday. You know, you're happy for him. You know, but, again, I mean, the team as a whole has not been consistent. So, Look, if, if Eloy hits you know, itself in the face in the, in the fence again, if Makata drops a Aaron, uh, you know, error, if you know, Burger, okay, he has a big home run, but what if he has a bad uh, error too? So on the field, so look, I'm sorry, you know, forgive me if I'm not, you know, in that uh, on that train of the Sox are back. I'm sorry. I get that, but you should be on the train for this. Eloy Jimenez played the good right field yesterday, and I was sitting right there in section 109 to watch every bit of it. You should be happy for Eloy. He hasn't done anything stupid yet. Well, yeah, give him a week. I, I'm sure he'll feel he'll, he'll slip or fall or something. Look, it's been, look, it's been, look, this has been like some of the theme with him so the last couple of years. So, yeah, if he goes through the rest of the month without getting hurt, great. You know, but if he gets hurt again, then, you know. But, you know, with that said, uh, you know, we'll take a really quick break. We're going to talk about the rest of the uh, Major League Baseball. Some big streaks, you know, coming up, too. Some, you know, teams are starting to heat up a little bit. Some teams are gaining ground, including, the, you know, that big series that – the Yankees and the uh, the Dodgers had so that you know the Yankees got the best of that. We know Sox next opponent, but a lot to do still. We're going to talk about the rest of this weekend in baseball coming up next. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, Second C Sports on Sports Old Chicago. More on the diamond coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. 
These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean in the morning. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, real live in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's going on the IG. 
We have less than 85 minutes left or so in this extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comments section. Lakino will get the up on the screen for you. All right, so let's talk about the rest of the MLB uh, this weekend. I see uh, our buddy Brandon. Yo, what's up, Brandon? I know he's been uh, asking about his uh, – his Houston Astros. He said he went to uh, uh, the Astros uh, game uh, over the weekend. They they had a, a nice uh, weekend. I'm talking about the Astros, didn't they? Look, I'm starting to feel, you know I kind of feel like they're only three and a half back from Texas, and I'm, I'm wondering though at this point, you know, look, they're starting to get their guys back. And everyone's starting to kind of gel a little bit. You're starting to see a little bit of the team that we saw win the World Series last year. They mm-hmm. win uh, three out of four against the Angels. You know, they, lost, they, they, they failed to sweep them yesterday, but, you know, look, they, they got they won three out of four, so you'll take it if you're uh, mm-hmm. an Astros fan. But you know, what do you think you know, of the uh, excuse me, of the Astros this week? Yeah, like, you, like you said, they, they took care of business against the Anaheim Angels. We saw what they did here in Chicago against the White Sox. Of course, you got two of the best all-around players in the game, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. But the Houston is good as, as uh, the health of the team is uh, is concerned. I know Jose Altuve has been back for a few weeks now, and I, I know they lost the starting pitcher uh, due to season uh, engine in uh, season in the surgery. But you still have one of the best bullpens in the league, led by closer Jason Presley and my guy Doug Stanek, uh, number forty five, who comes in in the eighth inning. So. The, the Astros, uh, their young starting staff keeps them afloat in their bullpen stays solid. They're going to be in an AL, uh, AL West race because, as we talked about before, the Texas Rangers, who, who got out to a hot start, we'll discuss what they did in just a moment, but the Texas Rangers got out to that hot start. They're led by the office, but it's also their young uh, pitching staff, especially after that injury to Jacob DeGrande, is keeping them uh, afloat the, the top of that division as well as above for Houston. As long as they say basically injury-free, they're going to get back in the race. So we talked about Lakina at the start of the season where they didn't have Jose Altuve. They struggled a little bit. Now that he's back in the lineup, it looks like things are starting to turn around for the Astros. So I wouldn't count the Astros out of postseason play just yet. Yeah, it looks like you know, Abre- oh, Jose Abreu is starting to kind of heat up a little bit, and you know Alex Bregman, mm-hmm. and so so yeah, it's still they're, they're starting to kind of you know, get together. People are starting to gel, so you know I'm sure the Astros, like they they'll you know they'll you know they'll be right there. And this week they actually do you know they actually do face the uh, the Rangers, so we'll see where both teams are mm-hmm. by then. That should be a fun series coming up. But yeah, you know, going into the rest of the uh, rest of baseball here, and you know for me, I, I think look Toronto. I know they've, you know, they've had their struggles this, you know, this year. They've underachieved. They swept the Mets, so it looks like they're starting to kind of get things going as well. I'm talking about uh, the Blue Jays. So it looks like, you know, they're kind of, you know, getting it going there. You know, they beat, you know, in New York. I'm sure that's not, you know, that's not at City Field, so that's not, that's not an easy a place to play. Getting contributions from, you know, of course, from Vladdy Jr. and uh, Brandon Belt. You know, he had a two-run home run that. Uh, the way they're completed that sweep, so I'm starting to kind of you know see. I know they're fourth place right now in their in their division, but it you know they're they're kind of all right there in the cusp in the wild card, and I feel like they can kind of you know fight for that. And it's starting to they can just keep up. You know if their pitch has been actually been pretty good. You know in that series against the Mets, even though uh, I think uh, I think Alonzo Pete Alonzo hit another home run, which he's leading the league in that one, but. You know, it, it's definitely like, kind of where you are right now. I think you got to be feeling pretty good if you're a Blue Jays. You're kind of starting to get creep back up. 
Yeah, the the one of the reasons why the Blue Jays were struggling early in the year it was because of their inconsistent starting pitching, starting pitching, especially in the back half of their rotation. And the offense went into the slump. But that happens as a long year. It, it, your office is going to go in, into slump, so hopefully it doesn't extend for a long period of time. That's the key. But as you mentioned, their bats have picked it up, and their starting pitching has picked it up as well. So Toronto, they're they're going to be in the playoff chase. Uh, you have the Baltimore Orioles right there in the AL the East. We'll get to the Yankees in just a moment. They're right there. Boston, even though they're around 500, I still don't believe in them to a lesser extent. They're still right there mathematically. So it's going to be a dogfight for the Toronto Blue Jays, but I'm glad they're getting together right now. I know before we move on, Lincoln, I had to give the New York Mets organization two thumbs up because remember this past weekend was the uh, ALS Awareness mm-hmm. Weekend, you know, the Lou Gehrig's disease. On last Friday at City Field, they honored MLB.com researcher Sarah Langs yes, and her boyfriend was out there. So uh, he threw out the first pitch and, and, and the crowd gave them a standing ovation, which was a great moment. And then, of course, on Saturday, uh, the Mets Hall of Fame introduced five new members into their franchise's Hall of Fame, including former pitcher Al Leiter, uh, TV and former radio voice Gary Cohn and Howie Rose. Yeah, that was a really nice moment there, and that was really nice of what the Mets did. So, yeah, that was a pretty uh, cool moment there over the weekend, even though the Mets got swept by, uh, by the Blue Jays. But, you know what, I think you'll, you'll, you'll take it if you're uh, – it was mm-hmm. a nice win uh, nonetheless. Now, going back to you know, saying in the AL uh, East, of course, you know, the Yankees, you know, they got a, a, a nice series win excuse me, against uh, the Dodgers taking two out of three there. And it looks like they, oh, their, their pitching started to get it going. I think the hitting has been pretty good. We'll see about uh, Aaron Judge's toe. Apparently, I guess he got hit in the, on the on the on his big toe. And, you know, it, it might be broken. It might not. You know, we're, we're kind of, he's kind of keeping that kind of close to the vest. But even still, I mean, they still, you know, had a very solid series against the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, they've had their – look, give this – give. I mean, Yankees credit. I mean, they've actually had injuries all season long. I mean, this would be – um, judges, you know, second trip to the IL, and they've had other injuries in other places, especially in their pitching. But they've been pretty solid, yeah. so it, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, it's sort of, you know, you saw what happened, you know, in that uh, with uh, with Judge, you know, he had a, you know, a real great catch, but I guess his his foot, I guess his like toe hit the fence, I guess, and now where there's no yeah. warning on them, he might, he might be, he might be out for the Sox series. We'll see there, but you know, Anthony Volpe has been really solid too. You know, he got that uh, two-run home run that kind of broke the game open there. So, yeah, I think if you're the Yankees, you know, you got to be feeling pretty good where you're at right now because, look, this could have easily, you know, fallen off the rails this season he has. But the Yankees have actually been, you know, sort of stayed steady and uh, they've actually been, you know, playing pretty well. Yeah, it was an exciting series to watch. Let's go back to Friday's game. Mookie Betts, perhaps the best right fielder in in the game today. He had two home runs. I know John Carlos Stanton just returned to the lineup about a week or so ago for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a home run in his return in his hometown as he returned home to LA. And the Yankees starting pitching just wasn't there that night. But the last two games, Lakina for the Yankees, the reason why they won the series because because of great starting pitching. Gary Cole uh, on the game on Saturday night, he had five strikeouts through six in the third inning. Uh, six in, six full innings, I should say. Domingo Herman last night, he was solid with six strikeouts. So the, the Yankees starting pitching uh, needs to continue. I know they're going to get Carlos Rodon back, hopefully, at the beginning of the next month of July. And so they have to keep that up as well. But the injuries, like you, you said, they're, they're starting to pile on them. Aaron Judge had a great performance on Saturday. He had that big home run and that big catch, as you mentioned. I don't know if you saw that um, 
what the Dodgers uh, organization did to that fence uh, from last night's game, Lakina. They had a, a blue masking tape, duct tape, yeah, and that little that. cheap chain link fence lock to lock that uh, bullpen, that bullpen door. Of course, that was a right field bullpen door that Aaron Judge crashed into on Saturday night, making that great catch. So, uh, overall, uh, the it was a good series for the Yankees. Uh, the stars were out, including Spike Lee and his little. <laughs> this little Yankees jersey, all the all the Hollywood stars were out. Uh, both teams put on a great show. The Yankees, uh, got, uh, it, was, it started with their starting pitchers. I mentioned with Garrett Cole and Domingo Harmon. If you're a White Sox fan, both of those guys were not pitching in the series. So it's good news for us. But with that being said, it was the offense that really carried it home. And they had some a great coach, especially in last night's game, as you mentioned, to put that game away 4-1. to one. Yeah, it was a solid, uh, very solid and a very entertaining series. Nonetheless, you know, for the Yankees, you'll, you'll take that too. Now, another team that you'll, you'll take, uh, you'll go into the AL in the National League. In the East, you got the Braves. The Braves win two out of three against the very surprising Diamond Bats. And I'm mm -hmm. sure, I'm hoping they found a couple of those balls that uh, Acuna hit because he hit a, a, I think on the Friday's game, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately the Braves lost that game. But you know, he hit a home run that was like, I think it went to, I think like, you went to probably somewhere like in you know, Colorado or something, you know, how far it was 450 feet. Mm -hmm. And that's his you know, fifth home run of, of such, such thing. You know, that that's more than, I guess, what the Rockies and the Giants. And I guess, you know, the Braves overall lead the league there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they hit a lot of moonshots against batting practice, I guess. So they had a couple more yesterday. And, uh, you know, I think, look, you know, they've been up and down this year. You kind of, you know, Marcel Azuna, unfortunately, was, you know, not hustling. So he got, you know, got pulled out of that uh, game, uh, that rubber match there. But uh, if you're the Braves, you got to be feeling, you know, pretty good where you are right now, and especially with the Mets being swept. You know, you kind of have to sort of, like, be kind of, you know, they've been actually really solid. I know they lost uh, two out of three to the A's, which, you know, that was, that was a bad series for them. But nice bounce back against one of the most surprising teams in the league. Yes, and also too with the Atlanta Braves again, great starting pitch from Max Strider, and and some of the other guys that are in that starting rotation. But like you said, like in, you, you see all that star power on offense for Atlanta. You're talking about Ronald Acuna Jr. Perhaps he should be up there as one of the best right fielders in in, in baseball. Don't forget about my guy Ozzy Ablis uh, at second base. Uh, he has some swag, and I know his offensive numbers are not there yet, but. Is only a matter of time before he comes uh, comes out of it with his bat. Also, too, don't forget about Matt Olson, who they acquired last season to replace Freddie Freeman. So mm -hmm. with that big left handed bat, so the Braves have talent. It's just it's just that can they uh, um, keep the Mets far down <laughs> in the in the least? Because look here, the Miami Marlins, which they swept Oakland over the weekend, which they were, they did what they're supposed to do. They're still hanging around. Remember around this time last year, Lakina. Uh, they went down the team. They started trading everybody. Will that, will that, will that same scenario uh, uh, play again this year? We'll mm -hmm. see. And also, too, look out the Philadelphia Phillies. They took care of the Washington Nationals in our nation's capital on the road this weekend. They, I believe they're still five games under 500, but they started to come out of their early season slump as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see if they can kind of keep it up there. So, like the Phillies, look, they're uh, they're trying to get it together to another team that you know maybe maybe you should start taking the Pirates seriously again. They swept the Cardinals over the weekend. Rich Hill, yeah, probably had one of his best outings in a while, and he's still know, hanging around, huh? <laughs> I know, weird, right? I mean, look, it, you know, he kept them off balance with a lot of their pitching. You know, kept them guessing. Um, you know, complete the seventh, well, sixth and two thirds. You know, he didn't complete the seventh inning, but he did get the win. I think it was his fifth win this year. I'm talking about uh Hill, so you know, 
I still a little bit, you know, kind of a question mark about the Pirates. Yeah, I don't think we should take them seriously still, but you know, they're still hanging around after you know that little uh, you know, drop they had, you know, at the end of last month. They're trying to kind of, you know, they've you know kept up a little bit. So we'll we'll see about the Pirates. We'll see if you know they'll they're for you know they're for real and whatnot. Uh the Brewers, the Brewers had a solid weekend. Uh they do what you're supposed to do too. Well, we'll see. They got a fourth game tonight against the Reds, but they have won the first three, so they have won that series. So we'll see if they are starting to kind of mm-hmm. like I said about the Cubs. I mean, look, that 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 NL Central, no one's gonna pull away from that NL Central. And I feel like as long as you know the Cubs you know, do what they're supposed to and make sure that they get their Get themselves together, get their pitching, especially that middle relief together. They can kind of be mm-hmm. right there. They're six and a half back as we're as we're uh, recording this, and five and a half, I should say, as we're recording this. And you know, like I said, we'll we'll, we'll see where they are by by the time the end of the month. Yeah, like you said, we said before, the Cubs have have a chance that they can get themselves together. Uh, first, they had to get at five hundred, but you look at the rest of those teams in the division, Pittsburgh. Even though they had that great young talent, remember they're still missing uh, O'Neill Cruz, and he's going to mm-hmm. be out. For a little bit while longer, so that's gonna that has definitely play a factor, and it's gonna play a factor uh, as the season goes along until if and when he returns. St. Louis, they still have the offense, but I'm not sure about their starting pitching. That's just me, like you know, like you said mm-hmm. that it was on display this weekend, and Pittsburgh took advantage of it. So uh, when you get into those uh, deep holes to start the season, it's very hard to. It's, it takes a whole lot out of you to come uh, jump back into the race. It's been done before, not too often but it's been done before but st louis has really has a has a still has a hold to climb themselves out of of course you still have paul goldschmidt nolan arenado and wilson Contreras, the former chicago cubs so they have the office of, of firepower which is can they get it together with their starting pitching and bullpen hold on i'm on mute there but yeah i mean yeah that, that's gonna be really gonna be the key especially winning that division i mean We'll see if it's going to be the hitting or if it's going to be the pitching. Because, look, that NL Central, it's going to be competitive right up until the last week. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens with that. Now, going back to the AL East, uh, the Orioles, uh, they win two out of three against the, the Giants. I mean, look, I'm loving what I'm seeing for this from uh, this Orioles squad right now. They're young. You know, Josh Lester, um, his single uh, had a uh, bases clearing double to kind of break that game open in the rubber match mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. And, look, I, I feel like, look, I think Baltimore, I think they're kind of showing you that – Okay, we'll see. If they can hang around a little bit. We know their pit, you know, their we know their hitters really. They got good young hitters. We'll see if the pitching mm-hmm. kind of keep up with that. That was their their Achilles heel last year. That's why they were unfortunately able to kind of sunk a little bit as it got, you know, near the end of the season. But yeah, they look. You know, got Alex Cobb and uh, Wilmer Flores. I mean, well, not well, not well, not they, oh, that was the Giants, but you know when they won that game. But yeah, and the Gunner and the Gunner Henderson. I mean, they, look, they, mm-hmm. like this is these are kind of like young you know, young guys that are. You know, kind of like right there, especially you know, sort of you know, putting folks on notice. And look, they look, they got some. Well, like I said, the, the pitch has been really you know going to be the question here for me as far as the Orioles are concerned. I'm wondering, like, could they kind of could that be a Henderson like it was last uh, season? As we talked about about a week or so ago, Lakina, uh, the Baltimore Orioles took two out of three in New York against the Yankees. And what was the big headline? There's young starting pitching, including uh, Tyler Wells, who got the win at San Francisco yesterday. You still have Kramer. And you still have Cal Gibson. So you still have some young, some young, solid guys that can carry the staff. Like you mentioned, they had the office to go along with it. And don't, let's not forget, Lakina, no one, no one talks about this as much, but they have one of the top, uh, bullpens in the league, especially on the back end with the with, with Batista as the closer, and in, uh, in, in the back half of uh, their bullpen, they have one of the top 
five ERAs in the American League. So their bullpen is quietly doing the job. So as long as the starting pick, pitchers can do his part, uh, Baltimore can be dangerous, not just in the AL East, but in the whole American League. I know we have a long way to go, but uh, let's, let's not sleep on Baltimore, especially the back half of their bullpen. Well, yeah, I said they're young, and you know they'll maybe they'll they'll you know, they'll kind of keep it up. But I think, like I said, I think wait and see if we can kind of take them seriously in that front because we saw what happened last year. So yeah, like I said, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I like it, what I'm seeing from Baltimore uh, so far. Let me see if I could uh, get back going there. Anything else before we start talking about the schedule? Uh, the Texas Rangers swept your Seattle Mariners over the weekend, Lakina. After shutting the Rangers, uh, the Rangers shut out the Mariners two nothing on Friday. They scored twelve runs yesterday in a series finale, and they scored sixteen runs on Saturday. As we mentioned, they have some some big boppers over there: Marcus Simeon, Adolis Garcia, and also you have Nathan Lowe. And uh, the young starting staff without Jacob DeGrom is really starting to pick it up. Uh, their pitchers didn't really have to be on display outside of Friday's win. But that's uh, Bruce, give Bruce Bolshe, uh, the veteran manager, their new manager of the Rangers credit. They're keeping the Houston Astros at bay at the top of the AL West division. As long as this young Rangers team stays healthy and not get too big-headed, quote-unquote, uh, they'll be there at the end. I was avoiding. I was avoiding that intentionally. Uh, <laughs> that sixteen, that sixteen uh, run effort from the Rangers in that yes, in that yesterday game yesterday. Um, you know that's tied for the most by any team within this first uh, sixteen games over the last hundred years. You know, tied with the nineteen thirty six Yankees and go all the way back to the ninety nine uh, Mariners. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, I think the Rangers are kind of like if they have you know a, a managerial change. You'll get someone with you know like Bochy who has experience, who's got World Series rings, is kind of helping mm-hmm. them sort of you know be right there. Now, can they keep it up? You know, that's a whole different uh, story. So, like I said, we'll see. Like I said, I mean, all you know, we're about a third through the season now. We still got a long way to go. So, again, we'll, again, wait. Let's look back on this stuff at the end of this month. You know, going into next month. You know, because remember that the trade deadline is is on the tenth, you know, in August this year. So we'll see, you know, whose team is gonna really gonna be buying and selling by the time you know August tenth rolls around. So we'll see what uh, happens uh, with that. Now going into the scheduling for this week, you got Tampa Bay and Boston. Uh, you know, that starts. You know, the first game of that series starts at three oh five. They got that's Detroit. a makeup game from Friday. Yeah, so uh, they're finishing up that series. Uh, Detroit and. Uh, Philadelphia, they start their series uh, at 540 uh, tonight, Monday. Uh, Kansas City and Miami, you know, that's going to be on FS1. Then you got Oakland and Pittsburgh starting that series. Houston and Toronto, that should be a, a fun series. I think this should this could yes. probably be like a 10, 12, you know, runs and maybe score between these two teams who we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Milwaukee and Cincinnati, they finish up their series. Like I said, you know, Milwaukee's already won the first three, so they've already won that series. Uh, St. Louis hoping to bounce back. You know, they uh, faced Texas the first game of that one. And uh, the Cubs and the Padres finished up that series. That will be on ESPN. You should that on ESPN+. And other series will start tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, goes as this. The White Sox will take on the New York Yankees. Remember, Wednesday's game at 6 o'clock Chicago time can be seen nationally on MLB Network. That's their showcase game of the week. And other series they'll start tomorrow. The Minnesota Twins, who lost two out of three to Cleveland at home over the weekend, they'll travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Rays. Go Rays if you're a Sox fan. <laughs> also, too, you had Washington Nationals hosting the surprise the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, the Boston Red Sox will travel to Cleveland to take on the Guardians. Go Boston. <laughs> also, the TBS uh, Tuesday night game of the week goes as like this. The New York Mexico will travel to Atlanta to take on the Braves. 
Also, the series starting tomorrow, Tuesday, Baltimore and Milwaukee, San Francisco at Colorado. The Chicago Cubs go out west to take on Shohei Otani and Mike Trout in the Anaheim Angels. And Lakina Seattle Mariners will have a, an important three-game series in San Diego against the Padres. And I think the Cubs will just miss uh, Otani uh, in the pitching side, but they still got to face mm-hmm. him on the hitting. So, uh, yeah, that'll be, that should be yeah. interesting. Yeah, and the series. Anaheim Angels will miss Marcus Strowman. Yeah. So, well, you know, they wipe them and they face off like this. Woo. <laughs> yeah, I'll say I'll both, I'll both front. So, yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. There's some interesting series coming up. So, looking forward to uh, to that. As you listen, as I can see, sports on Sports Social Chicago, Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown with you. We still got a couple more minutes uh, left, so before we go to break. So, I'm thinking, like I said, you know, which which baseball uh, team has been probably, I think, I know we probably answered this, you know, probably you know, last week or maybe even, you know, during our MLB discussion, but which team mm-hmm. or teams do you think has been the most surprising? Which team has been the uh, most disappointing? You know, all that. I'll go to the disappointment first. Not to rub it in, Lakina, with all due respect, but the Seattle Mariners. I thought they were starting to get it back together a couple of weeks ago, going back to 500, but they were really a no-show against the Rangers on the road last weekend. Uh, I, I know that they have some important games coming up. I know they'll face the White Sox at home next weekend. But uh, Julio Rodriguez is still one of the best young players in the game. He's been doing okay as of late. Uh, but their starting staff and their bullpen has really been ineffective. So uh, I'm really disappointed in the Seattle Mariners. Of course, we talk about the New York Mets. I know one um, an after, uh, midday host on WFAN has given – uh, he, he has given Buck Showalter, quote unquote, 30 days to <laughs> get his act together before he wants to uh, he wants Buck Showalter to be fired. But the Mets have been disappointing this year. Of course, they got swept by Toronto over the weekend. So uh, I know they've been dealing with injuries, too. So those are the two top teams that have been very uh, disappointing to me. On the flip side. The surprising teams, like you mentioned, the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm not going to sit up here and know, uh, pretend that I know anything about the Diamondbacks because I don't. I'm not going to sit up here and Google either, but they're 10 games over 500 right now. They're keeping pace with the Dodgers in the NLS, so they're a surprising team right now. And also, too, the Miami Marlins, as we mentioned <clears throat> last year, they were flirting around 500 before they took a nosedive. They started to trade everybody, but uh, my two surprising teams, Arizona, Miami, two disappointing teams, Seattle and the New York Mets. Who was the most surprised? I think the Diamondbacks have been the most surprised their their time with the Dodgers right now. I still don't think they're gonna, you know, be able to hang on. I, I you know, they lost. Uh, like you know, we talked about it. You know, they lost their series against the Braves. Um, you know, this weekend. So I'm not sure if they're gonna be up there. You know, at the top as you know we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but they are my surprising team. Uh, probably the most disappointing team. You already took the, the my my Mariners. So I'll say the uh, the, the Cardinals. I know a lot of people. Yes, I know they had a lot of guys mm-hmm. retired. But you, know, you thought that maybe they had. They were already set up. You know, they had guys. You know, quality guys to replace them. They had. You know, guys that I can kind of you know pick up the slack. Now you thought that maybe they get there a little bit, but. You know, they've now lost five, uh, three in a row. You know, they got, look, they got swept. We talked about it, but they got swept by the Pirates. So, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, you know, it, it's, I don't know what to say about that Cardinal squad. I mean, could they figure it out? Sure. Because, like I said, that NL Central, no one's going to pull away from that division. But I'm kind of disappointed where they are. I thought they may be a little bit better than what they are right now. So we'll see uh, what happens uh, there. Um, and I'll say, I'll say Baltimore. I think. 
know, people thought that Baltimore was going to be like a one season wonder from last year. That hasn't been the case. You know, they, you know, their pitching has been really solid. Well, I guess I will see if that, that, that relief, you know, that young relief staff you know, can keep it up and look all the other, we, we, we know how low they are on the hitting side. So yeah, we'll see if Baltimore is, they can, you know, keep up with the Yankees, the Rays and uh, the Blue Jays. They're starting to kind of heat up a little bit too. I would, I would have had them as my disappointing, you know, team, but they've won four in a row. So they're starting to maybe kind of figure it out a little bit. So, yeah, I think those are probably like my, you know, surprising and a disappointing team so far in this young season still. Yeah, a couple of the notes real quick. I know we're up against it before uh, at the top of the hour, but congratulations to Albert Pujols, who just retired after last year. Speaking of St. Louis Cardinals, he's going to be a special assistant to the GM of the Cardinals, and he's, he's been hired as a, a network analyst for MLB Network. And I want to ask you about the San Diego Padres. Uh, do you see them as a disappointment so far this year? You think they can turn it around? Because they have the talent, but just haven't has to come together yet. Hmm. Hmm. I think they can. They, they still got a little bit of time, but if they're they're still kind of in this, you know, this sort of you know back and forth, you know, kind of like boomerang thing. You know, by the time like by the time all star break rolls around, then we'll probably I'm a little bit uh, a little bit worried, but we'll see. Hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead as you're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports or Sports Zone Chicago. When we return, we'll have to discuss game two of the 2023 NBA Finals between the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. We'll give you our quick preview of game three. We have to, we'll have to discuss that hockey, Lakina. Let's do that hockey. Uh, the St. Lucas Finals kicked off on Saturday night. Game two is tonight. We'll give you a quick preview of that. Plus, we'll have some sports media news and since it's the month of June is Black uh, Black Music Month, I'm gonna start you off with a good, a good addition, a great addition of Old School TV Monday. That and a whole lot more as you're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid the Kid. That's Lakina. Don't move a muscle. My lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Yes, 
Welcome back to our number two of this Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Oh Chicago, along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown here. That's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow my Kim McGee on the Twitter and I can't in the IG. We have less than an hour left this uh, left of this extravagance we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right, Sadio, game two of the NBA Finals commits yesterday after being down, I think, what, about like 15 at one time in the first quarter. A big fourth quarter by Miami as they even the series at one apiece. And just, uh, you know, kind of like, yeah, I guess, you know, it was back and forth. You know, they did or did have a chance to tie the game re- regulation. Uh, they did not. Murray's uh, three-point three would have tied it. Just missed. And you wonder why didn't they call a timeout to kind of set up a play. And whatnot, um, you know, uh, you know, Butler had 21 points. You know, Bam did as well. Also, too, uh, Gabe Vincent had 23. Matt Struss mm-hmm. had 14. Uh, Duncan Robinson had 10 points, including all 10. All that te- that those 10 points were in the fourth quarter, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. And this, despite a uh, good effort by Jokers, 41 points and 11 boards. Uh, just another uh, big, big uh, showing by Mr. Jokic. Um, he broke another record, of course. Uh, obviously, let me see. Uh, he became the first, the third player, I should say, to be posted in history with 500 points, 200 uh, rebounds, 150 assists in a single playoff run. The only other, excuse me, the only other players who to do that are the. Well, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, sorry. okay teacher, my bad. teacher. Sorry. Right, yes, yes. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead, Mr. Brown. All right. And no, I'm not on Google. Just to let you know, I'm not on Google. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird and LeBron James. Yep, LeBron did it four times, including two uh, uh, two years ago in the bubble with the Lakers, of course, uh, both the, with the with the both the Cavs and uh, the Heat, and of course, you know, Bird did it uh, that postseason. You know, of course, unfortunately, they lose they lost to the Lakers in six of that, and also too, um, you know, Game Two was actually the Heat's seventh double digit comeback win of this postseason. That's tied for the most 
such wins in a single postseason the last 25 years. You want to know who are the other uh, teams that did that? Oh, Ooh, can you give me at least one small clue? Recent, 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 recent. Very recent. Ve now my brain is freezing. All right, give it to me. In last year, the Warriors did it seven times. Oh, that's right. Damn it. Damn it. Yeah, and, I and knew then, that. <laughs> yeah, and he, yeah, he actually did it twice before then, 2011 and 2012. Mm -hmm. uh, they lost to the Spurs in the first the first time in 2011, but they did you know, win uh, the second time in 2012. So the Warriors and the Heat from 2012. Warriors from last year, you know, did that, you know, with seven. So we'll see if uh, the Heat joins that. Well, this year's Heat team joins that company. So what do you think about that game? Because that was a that was definitely a game of runs, you know. Like I said, uh, they were up for a little bit, then Denver came back, they were up a little bit, and then Miami came back. But then they, you know, they, it was kind of a seesaw battle back and forth. And for all those folks that thought that, oh, this is going to be a, a sweep for uh, the Nuggets, uh, the Heat said, not so fast. Lakita, remember our last show last Friday, and I, I gave credit to Denver's head coach, Mike Malone, mm -hmm. for, for making the adjustments, especially to start out game one. Aaron Gordon scored 12 points in the first quarter. Jamal Murray took over in the second quarter. They really set the tone for game one last Thursday. Let's give credit to Heat head coach Eric Spolstra. He kicked Caleb Martin out of the starting lineup. He inserted Kevin Love in the starting lineup. I know Kevin Love didn't give you nothing scoring-wise. That's not the point. The point is to give uh, a veteran like him valuable minutes and valuable production. Kevin Love had 10 rebounds last night, something that the, he couldn't do in game one. Lakina, besides make shots, uh, they didn't rebound very well. And that changed the complexion of that game last night with Kevin Love being in the starting lineup. And they played right. better defense, in my opinion. And remember mm -hmm. how the Heat, as you said last week, that they couldn't shoot in right. game one. They missed a lot of clo close, a lot of open shots, and they missed a lot of. Uh, shots inside the paint as well. That all changed last night, as you mentioned with Duncan Robinson and uh, Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo, who had a great game last night with 21 points. But, but Max Strush, yeah, he started off with hitting four three pointers in that first quarter. That really uh, set the tone for the Miami Heat uh, for that game last night. The Miami Heat played played their style last night. And what also made a difference, too, is that extra day off in between games mm -hmm. one and two. And you know they made a big difference. And that's why I told people yesterday at the Sox game, uh, the Miami Heat are going to win this game uh, due to the extra day off between games one and two. And we know that Eric Spolstra likes to make adjustments. And the and like uh, Ricky O'Donnell said from SB Nation on our show last week, if the Heat uh, start off the game playing their tempo, playing their style, they cannot be defeated, and you saw that last night. Now, on the flip side for the Denver Nuggets, Jogic, as you mentioned, had a great game with 41 points, but he only had two other players that joined him scoring in mm -hmm. double figures. Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon had a three-pointer late that, that gave him, I believe, 11. But if it wasn't for that three-pointer, you just would have had Jamal Murray as the other player for Denver scoring in double figures. Remember, I gave them credit last Friday looking after game one. I said, Denver had the perfect offensive game plan, let the other guys get off first, and then Jogic would take over in the second half. That's what happened in game one. Game two last night, Jogic did everything, but the but the but his teammates didn't follow. And I don't know if you caught the post-game show, Lakina, last night on ABC. They had Kyle Lowry on set. And he said this, uh, and I'm just going to paraphrase real quick. He mm -hmm. said their game plan last night was, we know that Jogic is going to get his. He's un He's unstoppable. But it was our job to control the other guys, and they did just exactly that last night. As I mentioned on our show last week, 
Denver's defense, especially from the perimeter, was excellent in game one. You can say the same thing about the Miami Heat in game two last night. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, and Gabe Vincent, I was actually watching uh, the post game uh, on uh, NBA TV with Matt Weiner, and uh, he's he's kind of doing the EJ role since EJ's you know busy you know doing uh, uh, baseball mm-hmm. now. Of course, he had you know Shaq, uh, Kenny, and a. Uh, Charles with him, and uh, I remember uh, Vincent said the same thing. He said, "Look, you know, we know that Jokers is you know you can't they can't stop Jokers. You can't do that, but you can outshoot them." And I think that's been the you know, sort of the thing mm-hmm. with the Heat so far, especially this whole postseason. Because the Celtics and the Nuggets, you probably said Nuggets are just a little bit better than the Celtics, but they're very similar. Mm-hmm. They've got big guys that they can shoot. If you can tame you know their top one or two guys, and then you know get the, get let them get their shots and tame the other supporting cast. They can do just that. So I think for me, the key, the key here was that they made the stops. You know, they like yeah, Joe Joe's mm-hmm. got away with a whole lot of stuff. We'll get to we'll probably get to that in a little bit. But you know, <laughs> he's gonna get you he's gonna play. get yeah. I mean, oh, come on now, but yeah, he's still gonna, look. He's still gonna get his shots. Murray's gonna get his shots. The key is to slow down the other guys, like Gordon, like you know, Caldwell Pope, who only have four points yesterday. Mm-hmm. You need more from from him. Um, you know, so the other guys are the best. You know, Jeff Green, I know people forget he's still playing in the in the league. You know, he had only had nine points. We're like getting Brown, old. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I remember he was at Georgetown. Jeez. Uh, you know, Bruce Brown actually was another player that was in the elevators for uh for Denver. He had eleven and mm-hmm. you know, like you know, but then everyone else, you know, there was really nothing no one else actually did anything. They only played eight guys. So I think for me, look, you got the deaf you're deaf, you got the deaf using, and I think that's been sort of been the problem. Yeah, Jokers can only do so much. I'm hoping he doesn't wear himself out. You mm-hmm. know, that that whole thing. That's kind of like the thing I'm worried about there. Now they they gave the you other know, he did give Denver their first loss this postseason. They had been like nine and zero at that point. So you know, it, it's definitely going to be one of those things where you, well, we'll see if once they you know they'll play again until Wednesday. So we'll see if Miami can kind of you know they got them at home now. They're kind of like okay, maybe Hero Tyre Hero might play on Wednesday. We're not sure. I know Spurs wants to keep you know people guessing on that, but mm-hmm. look if they keep doing what they've been doing, look hit your shots, you know get your know, other guys to step up, get guys like you know Duncan Robinson, Mastrus, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, um you know didn't you know, didn't do too much, he only had three points, but he you know made some a couple of uh, you know big you know blocks and such mm-hmm. you know in the end there, but yeah I mean look if you keep doing what you're doing, look all these people that say oh well it's going to be a sweep, you know they're going to be blown out or whatever. I think, you know, I love all their comments. You know, Butler said it, uh, Spo said it, Vincent said it. You know, I think how are you said it too on that uh, ABC postcode. They don't really give a damn. They know that people are coming for them. So they don't think, you know, folks have a shot. And you would think people would have learned the lesson from that Boston series in the conference finals. I guess people haven't learned. So <laughs> doing a Jordan shrug. <laughs> Uh, sure, the whole Miami organization will are doing right now. You listen to Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you on the Monday edition, reviewing Game Two of last night's NBA Finals contest between the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat escaped Denver in Game Two with a 111-108 victory, tying that best of seven series at one game apiece. As Lakina mentioned, Game Three will be on. Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time from South Beach. We'll give you our thoughts and previews of Game 3 coming up. Lakina, I want to ask you about Jimmy Butler. Another quiet, using air quotes here, another quiet effort last night. 21 points. He tied Bam on the bio for the second leader score on the team for, for the Heat. I have a strange feeling that since the next two games, Games 3 and 4, will be in South Beach uh, on Wednesday and Friday for this upcoming week, he's going to bust up another for a 35 35- plus or 40 point game. 
I see that coming. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's due for a big game. I think he hasn't mm-hmm. had that so far this final. I know it's only been two games, but he hasn't had it so far. So I'm wondering, yeah. like, is he due to have that breakout 30, 35, 40-point game that we've been seeing you know, from him through these playoffs? So, you know, thankfully, you know, the other guys picked up the slack for him because of his, you know, not really struggling per se, but considering what mm-hmm. the kind of postseason he's had, scoring 35, 40 points and such. But – Again, in a way, I think that's a good thing if you're Jimmy because you know you got you know you got your you got Bam actually showing up because we know Bam sometimes doesn't show up in uh, big games. Yeah. You know, we saw what happened you know a couple of years ago in the bubble in those finals against LeBron, AD, and the Lakers. So again, but yeah, I think he is due to have that big you know you know breakout uh, finals game. I think I think what he only scored like maybe like at most thirty points during that bubble, those bubble finals, if you will. So I think mm-hmm. yeah, he is doing. Like I said, they're doing a three to two, uh, the two, two, one, one format. They're not doing a two, three, two, like it's been like the last few years. So I'm thinking, yeah, I think he is doing this. is going to be at home. It's going to want to punish uh, press. Maybe try to win those two games. That way they don't have to, uh, they can just clinch it at, uh, you know, in the, on the road at Denver. Yeah. It's a, I think Jimmy Butler's due for a big outpouring game. I think that your best bet, if it's going to happen in, in games three or four, I, you think it will happen on Wednesday because of the extra day up between, uh, game two last night and, and game three coming up on Wednesday. I think Jimmy Butler, remember, he's still dealing with that ankle injury, so it's going to give him an extra day to heal up. So I think Jimmy Butler will have a big game tomorrow night. If it's a 35-plus performance, uh, you can thank yours truly here on Second City Sports for predicting that. So I think Jimmy Butler will have a breakout performance uh, since the games are returning to Miami right now. Uh, I want to get into a couple of key statistics from last night's game to win for the Miami Heat. As I said, Miami's defense, especially from the perimeter, was excellent last night. They forced Denver to shoot for only 39% from downtown, 11 to 28, while Miami shot 49% from downtown, 17 to 35. They were excellent, especially in the first three first three quarters of the game, shooting in the ball from the outside. But uh, the turnover factor, yes. Miami committed only 11 turnovers, but Denver had 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is they- huge. Well, yeah, I think that's the thing. I think what I think they had like eighteen or nineteen turnovers in game one. I'm talking about Miami, so mm-hmm. you know, getting that, keeping that yeah turnover number down, I think is the you know, big key here. And look, I, I feel like the oh, Miami's uh, again defying the critics. You know, everybody thought, well, you know, the bull they should have bullshit beating them in the play in, you know, or they lost to Atlanta and then all that stuff. They they've defied you know the odds all season long. You know, of course beating uh the bucks number one seed then they beat the knicks you know well everyone thought that they were going to get four or five games and you know people thought that okay once they lost that 3-0 lead you thought oh okay they're going to win uh get get bone rush game seven that didn't happen everyone thought to clear our buddy matt peck sorry, from chio love you matt but i'm going to call you out here uh you, have to, you had, <laughs> we got to get it back Denver's, on <laughs> yeah we do we got to get it back on you know then we can yell him a little bit no 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 kidding man love you man but uh you know they had <laughs> he had them sweeping uh i'm talking about like sweeping the, the, the heat have we been seeing the same postseason folks you're seeing exactly what you've been seeing all season long you know miami you know people not giving them a shot and then surprising folks and look i think gabe vincent and like you know jimmy butler kyle lowry and like i spoke even too kind of low-key said look we know that folks are giving most people aren't giving us a chance and they're going to try to use it as motivation i think that's sort of like what you want and look you know keeping being hungry you know look they they're look they don't they're, it's not like a couple of years ago during the bubble where you thought okay we didn't think they would have a finals in this case, you want to be able to kind of like, look, we're going for keeps now. And look, it took us three mm-hmm. years, to, took them three years to get back. Look, they want to, you know, win another title. And look, for a lot of these guys, it'll be their first. So 
you know, I think they want to try to, you know, see, they see what's going to be kind of the big thing here. And they want to kind of try to capitalize on that. Yeah. We talk about heat culture. What is heat culture? What is their identity? What is their team identity? What's their organizational identity? It starts at the time with Pat Bradley. We know that he was a hard-nosed head coach, even with the Lakers. Yes, he was hard-nosed, even though they had uh, the showtime uh, factor with Magic Johnson, Kareem James Worthy, and some of those guys. And, of course, he changed his identity uh, with the New York Knicks, adapting to the style with the roster that he had. The same thing he did with the, with the Miami Heat. And so what is he culture? As you mentioned, Lakina, tough, hard-nosed, great defensive basketball. Yes, they can score some points too, but that but their identity, as we said all year long, has been their defense. And you, you saw it last night. As you mentioned about Bam Adebayo, I thought he had a better performance in game two because uh, his, the rest of his team uh, stayed in the game, so he became more mm-hmm. effective, especially on the defensive end. No, he did not guard Jokic for the whole time, and so you cannot blame Bam for Jokic going off for, for 40 last night. Miami threw everything at Jokic. He, uh, he just uh, scored on everyone, but the Miami Heat had four blocks last night. The Nuggets only had two. Doesn't that tell you something? Hmm. Well, look at the, again. I, I think you know, people didn't think that they would look. You know, Jokic did get his thing. I mean, that they had Cody Zeller on him, and I, I was like, uh, well, well, why, why? Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> why? No, no, that was a total mismatch. You know, Bam. Look, Bam mm-hmm. tried what he could, but look, I mean, look, Jokic is so big and strong. You know, in the in the interior and. You know, that's going to be a hard you know, guy to guard. And, look, I think he's gotten away with a couple of things, but that's a whole different – again, we'll, we'll probably talk about that in a couple in a minute or two. But, look, mm-hmm. I think – don't worry about what Joe's going to do. Joe's going to get – you know, do his thing. You know, he's going to – yeah, I know some people were – you know, he didn't get 10 assists, you know, last night. I think some people thought that that might have, you know, been the thing. But, look, mm-hmm. you know, they, they – you know, they got Joe Smith when he needed to. I mean, they had a couple of chances where he might have put the game away for the Nuggets. They didn't happen. And once Miami got into that big league, yeah, they yeah they were able to catch up and talk about the Nuggets, but they couldn't make mm-hmm. the big shots late. So and I think that's another thing. So, look, I think people were kind of like still stunned by the – some people were stunned by the fact that, wow, yeah, the Heat are actually pretty good and actually deserve to be in the finals. Really? What a novel concept. So, <laughs> but, you know, look, I think – like I said, I got the Heat in seven. I'm feeling pretty good about that right now. We'll see, you know, what what's the rest of the stuff kind of you know kind of falls in place. We'll see these next two games at home in Miami. If we're tied two two, look, I think that's the best case scenario. If you're uh, if you're a Heat fan, if you can get if you win both your games at home, that probably be even better. But just split, mm-hmm. you know, at home, and then you'll be it'll be best of three after that. Yeah, I agree. I think we'll be talking about a. a, a... A two-two series. When we get back here after our next episode on Friday, uh, we'll be uh, talk about two-two series when we do our next Monday show next Monday. But uh, another uh, statistic that stood out to me in game from game two last night. Again, we talked about it in game one last Friday in our recap that the Miami he only went to the free throw line twice. They made both their free throws last night at the free throw line as a team. They were eighteen of twenty from the free throw line, while Denver is only ni- went nineteen of twenty-two from the free throw line. How much will you think Miami Heat will be? Do you think they'll be more aggressive at home now that games three or four will be from South Beach? I don't I think now they got a little bit of tape on Denver now. Look, I think they only play like once during the regular, once maybe twice during the regular season. So I think they could have a little bit of tape on there. And plus, they're going to feed off the crowd. Yes, how you feel about the crowd in Miami? Yeah, they could be your front runners and whatever. But you know, I know that place is going to be rocking and they're going to be jumping. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, they could feed off that energy from that crowd. There was actually a good amount of people in Miami, in uh, Denver, I should say, uh, last night. You know, for the heat. So you know, that they kind of fed off that little energy there. And I think, look, this is going to be interesting because I think. Game three is pivotal. 
because you know if mm-hmm. you try to win game three, you know try maybe set the tone for game four. Sometimes it does, sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't. So we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, I kind of feel like if you're Miami, you want to try to take advantage of that you're going to be at home and try to maybe feed off the crowd and set the tone early. Yeah, and like you said, so with the games being back in Miami now for, for the next for the next two games. You want to start off hot at home. You want to get that crowd behind you. You want to set the tone like you did last night on the road. Make Denver play your style because Denver, as as we mentioned, they're not a great defensive team. Uh, They're uh, they're a very good offensive team led by Nikolai Jokic. Uh, He's a facilitator. Once the other guys like Eric Gordon, Jamal Murray, and Bruce Brown and Katavis Caldwell-Pope, as soon as they get it going, it makes uh, Nikolai Jokic that much more effective as we saw in game one. We didn't see it last night. For the Miami Heat, uh, it's all about uh, team effort, not just on the defensive end, even though that's where it starts offensively. As we talked about doing these playoffs, Lakina, and we saw it again last night. Once when the Miami Heat shoot better than forty-five percent from the outside the three-point range, they usually win. And once they hit those open shots like they did last night, they damn near unbeatable. And so I think that that'll be the key for the Miami just to get off to a better start tomorrow, not tomorrow night, but but Wednesday night that's for it. Game Three. Yeah, I think that's really going to be the thing. Like I said, setting the tone early. If 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 the Nuggets start hitting their threes, you know, and they're going to be tough to beat if you can't counteract that. Look, mm-hmm. you know, the Heat they know that they're they're bigger and stronger, but they got to outshoot them. They think they need to be hot. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw. Look, this game, you know, they, you know, Heat could be up two zero if you know maybe if they hit their shots. Like I said on Friday, the Nuggets were not that impressive. I mean, look, they went through a time uh, a time where. They were very, you know, they got cold from the field on the three-point line. And look, the Heat just wasn't able to kind of capitalize on that. This time they were able to capitalize and but they should be committed for that. So, like I said, I did not believe for one second this could be a four-game sweep for the Nuggets. I think mm-hmm. people, you know, underestimated mm-hmm. Miami, you know, all playoffs uh, season long. And mm-hmm. they're sh- again, they showed you again why they're 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 in the finals. So I think people need to kind of give them a little bit of credit here. All right, Lakina, I know we have a few minutes left before we uh, – not shut it down, but before we take a, hit the break for the bottom of the hour. I want to ask you, who are the key players that, you, that you're looking forward to uh, seeing on Wednesday night? Who are your – what are your um, uh, key factors? Who, who, who will you be your key factors for each – for both Denver and Miami for Game 3 on Wednesday in South Beach? Well, I'm going to keep it simple for uh, the Nuggets. Caldwell Pope and uh, Bruce Brown. I mean, those guys, those guys were key into them sweeping, uh, well, getting the over in five against the uh, the Lakers. And I think they need to kind of be the key here. And look, neither one of them showed up last night. Well, I know, I know uh, Brown had 11 points, but, you know, Pope just, you know, he only scored four. So he needs to be a little bit, you know, better, you know, shooting wise, you know, you know, needs to kind of facilitate a little bit more of that offense. Look, the heat, you know, I'm gonna keep it simple. You know, Duncan Robinson, Max Struss. I mean, those guys need to kind of, you know, gave minutes. I mean, those guys need to kind of set the tone early. Look, Caleb Martin's have a better game, too. So to me, I think those are gonna be the key players here because I feel like if they can kind of control the tempo and outshoot the Nuggets, which we've seen happen, especially during the season, they can mm-hmm. kind of, you know, be sort of answer the bell there. So we'll see. But yeah, those are kind of like my key players for, uh, for uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, you, you took one of my guys from Miami, but I'll, I'll still uh, mention him anyway, Caleb Martin. I know he only gave you three points off of 21 minutes of action from the bench last night, but I want to see how he responds with the extra day off, even though he wasn't in the starting lineup last night. I want to see how he responds because he's had a good playoff run up until this point. And so I want to see how he responds, especially now with the series returning home to Miami. Also, too, I'm, I'm looking 
at uh, Gabe Vincent. He had a good game last night, led the team in scoring. I want to see if he can keep it up because he's had a good playoff run as well. So I'm looking at Caleb Martin in game Vincent for game three. As we mentioned at, at the top of the, the top of the segment, Jimmy Butler is due for a big game scoring rise. And I think it's going to happen on, on Wednesday with the extra day out between games two and three and the tra- extra travel day from Denver to Miami. On the flip side for Denver, Aaron Gordon. Uh, he had a great start to game one. He didn't have a great game last night. He disappeared. If it was for that late three-pointer, he would not have double-digit uh, scoring on the stat sheet last night. So I'm looking for Aaron Gordon. If, if he can step up also, too, I'm looking at Michael Porter Jr. We haven't mentioned his name yet until now. He didn't have a great game last night. I know he had committed a dumb foul on Bam Adebayo's slam mm-hmm. dunk play in that fourth quarter. So for Denver, I'm looking at Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. Those who need to step up uh, big for Denver if they're going to win a game in, or perhaps two games in Miami on the road. Should be interesting. Uh, nonetheless, you've got, uh, like I said, you know, a pivotal game three between uh, the Nuggets and the Heat. That'll be on Wednesday night. Remember, all these games are going to be on ABC and mm-hmm. also, too, will be streaming on ESPN Plus. So if you don't, if you don't, if you're one of those cord cutters, you can, you know, uh, there. Uh, also, uh, I think that's about it. Cause I think the next game, I believe, hold on, if I can get my schedule up here. Uh, let me see here. Okay, it's yes. Friday. So, yeah, I'll say, yeah, Friday. So, I do get a, a kind of an oh, every other uh, day game, especially, I guess, since, since you know, there's going to be a Miami. So, yeah, it's not going to be a big yeah, thing there. But, yeah, uh, well, we'll talk more about a uh, game. We'll preview game four coming up. You know, on Friday during our mm-hmm. show. So, yeah, so we'll have all that, you know, cover for you. Of course, you can check it out on ABC. So we're going to take a really quick break, you know, our last break for this uh, sec- edition of Second City Sports. Um, of course, we're going to have – we're going to do that hockey. We'll see if the Panthers <laughs> can tie their their Stanley Cup final series against oh. the Knights tonight. Yeah, that was – yeah, that was not a not – a, yeah, that was not a good showing by the Panthers in game uh, game one there. But, look, yeah, it's the best of seven. So, yeah, you kind of forget about that. Also, a little bit of – football because the Bills, you know, got a couple of big sides, reciting one of their uh, top front seven guys, and also, too, picked up a guy, a veteran uh, front seven guy, too, that could kind of definitely beef up that uh, interior uh, defense d- defensive line there for the Bills. Also, uh, too, of course, you got old school TV Monday. We'll see what Sid's got in store uh, this uh, week. But, uh, yeah, a lot to do still coming up next. So, Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. We got Robbie Rapid Day stuff coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? 
I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. Right here, we're live and living color and sports. Oh, Chicago, this is our last break for our show today. I'm Sid the Kid, which is me. That's Lakina McGee, which is she. You can follow your show on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow my Kina McGee on the Twitter and my Kina's McGee on the IG. We have less than 25 minutes left or so in this extravaganza we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to uh, hit us up in the comments section, get those last-minute questions or comments in, you can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. All right, so let's do that hockey road talk about. We'll preview game two of the Stanley Cup final between the Panthers and the Knights. And, uh, of course, we got to uh, recap game one. And it was, you know, five to two, the Knights uh, beat the Panthers. And, you know, you thought that maybe, you know, that maybe this would probably, you know, kind of set the tone early on. We talked about it, you know, during our preview. You thought that maybe you know, it was tied at one. Um, and this, you know, it was actually tied at two going into uh, the second uh, intermission. But, of course, mm -hmm. uh, the Knights would score three goals. And I think for me, uh, you know, including uh, Zach Whitecloud's uh, goal that kind of was a go-ahead goal with about mm -hmm. seven minutes in, of course, and Mark Stone had an assistant one. And, of course, Riley Smith had added a denepter from, uh, of course, an assist from Mr. Uh, Jack Eichel. And, uh, you know, 
just they just couldn't really get it going. And I think you know, they got you know, Borowski. I think they kind of caught him kind of napping a little bit in a couple of those uh, third period goals. And you thought that maybe this could go to overtime, but uh, I guess the Knights had other ideas. So for me, again, they were able to set the tone in that third period. I think that's really what made the difference. Usually, when two teams don't play each other at that often, when you meet on the ice, usually the first period appearing they have, but definitely the first period is usually the period where you fill each other's uh, games out and you see what kind of strategies they're going to have and you kind of get the tone uh, set uh, set for that particular game if those two teams don't play it that often. Uh, that's what the feel that I got at after watching the first period. Like, you know, I know that the Jordan Stars scored the first goal of the game for Florida and they mm-hmm. had that quick one nothing lead before Vegas uh, uh, responded. But after that second period, you kind of if you were paying attention, you could kind of tell that Vegas, if they had a hot start to that third period, they would take game one, and that's exactly what happened. Now, the game plan for Vegas, as we talked about, Lakina, uh, they're more of the fast-paced scoring team. Mm-hmm. They, they do it better than Florida, but Vegas could be physical with you, too, at times. Yep. What happened was for Florida, they tried to go to that, I don't want to say that goon, but that physical-style type of game, trying to slow the Vegas Golden Knights down. That didn't work because Vegas scored two goals off, off of seven opportunities on the power play while Florida was over two on, with their main advantage. But uh, check out these numbers. In the penalty minutes, Florida had 40, 48, 46. Vegas had 18 yeah. penalty minutes. If you're going to power that many penalty minutes, especially during the playoff game, you got to make it count. But Florida, in my opinion, they were not smart with their physicality. They have to do that tonight for game two. But uh, back to game one. Florida, they were physical, but it wasn't really effective. As you mentioned, they took dumb penalties. They were mm-hmm. not smart. They were out of position defensively, in which affected Sergey Gravowski big time, especially in that third period. So I thought Florida, they were aggressive, but they were overly aggressive. They, and they'll have to tone that down a lot tonight here in game two. Yeah, Aiden Hill was such a was a gem for the Knights. He had thirty three saves. Yes. they had a couple uh, during those during those uh, those pending penalty, but they did have a couple of chances. But you know, they had a, a I think uh, I think Stahl had Eric Stahl had another uh, shot at. I know a couple of other guys had another. I know mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know Makachuk. You know, he had a couple of shots on goal during those uh, penalties. You know, one of the few penalties that you know, the the plow plays the uh, the Panthers did have, they weren't able to capitalize. So yeah, I think that's going to be really if you're going to garner that much penalty miss. I mean, that was just bad. You know, discipline. I think that sort of like shows you the uh, kind of like the weirdness of that is. You know, um, this is because it th- it feels like you know they just like you know I think they got f- frustrated, especially once. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, and I look up, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was White Cloud scored that goal, you know, the kind of that gave uh, the nice to lead. They didn't look back after that. I think mm-hmm. that kind of sort of showed, you know, the Panthers sort of like, got frustrated. You know, they took some dumb penalties, and that's really was a big problem there for in the in game one. Yeah, when frustration sets in, and when you don't follow your game plan, and Bad habits start to set in. That's what we saw on the Florida Panthers. And I know they had a plus seven advantage in the his department, 36 to 29 over Vegas. But as I mentioned before, the 48 minute, 46 minutes of penalties and the 11 penalties overall to Vegas is five. That's what really cost the Florida Panthers in game one. Absolutely. So let's you know, preview uh, game two. Uh, it'll be not, of course, you know, the TNT is the home of the Stanley Cup final this year. 
what do you think? Because I think you look. We I think we all agree. Panthers need to clean up uh, their act and not take dumb penalties and not do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, try to you know go into a big lead early and you know give Borowski Barous- some a little bit of breathing room. And I think that's going to be kind of like the mm-hmm. thing there because look, we saw how that crowd that crowd's going to be rocking again in Vegas. And I feel mm-hmm. like if you if you want to try to kind of you know you know, quiet that crowd, try to set the tone early on and score a couple of quick goals, and maybe you might have a shot of a perhaps evening evening the series up. And also, too, for the Florida Panthers, even though they're not a a, a race uh, from one end of the ice to the other uh, type of team, they need to create traffic in front of them, uh, especially, like you say, in front of Hill, so they can create more scoring chances because you just see them do a lot in game two. You saw that desperation in that third period in game one, but you see a whole lot of a whole lot of that overall in game one. So they need to create a whole lot of traffic in front of Hill uh, tonight in, in game two and cut down on the penalties. You can still be physical. You you saw they tried to chip away at, at Vegas after every whistle. Uh, you know, at points it does work, but most of the time it doesn't work. So Florida has to be smart and mm-hmm. play their game. Like I said, just tone down the penalties and create traffic in front of Hill in front, in front of that net. If they could do that, I think they'll still game two tonight. Yeah, I think you'll know, look at like you said. I think look, look. I think Borowski needs to kind of get a little bit of breathing room going in. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, come at Aiden Hill. You know, right out off the bat. I mean, kind of like you know, try to sort of like use that speed and use that you know that physicality, but uh, but smartly though. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, well, we'll see what happens. But I kind of feel like I think the Panthers will get another. We'll get one, and they'll even the series tonight. And I, I, I kind of feel like this this team. You know, they got you got this far. You don't want to you know be down o two. Um, going, you know, back to Florida. You don't want to have to put yourself in the old two holes. So that's the last thing you need if you're the Panthers. So try to try to set the tone early and then just, you know, just go to town. Yeah, agreed. And also, too, take care of the pup because uh, Florida did not do that in game one. That I know they had 13 giveaways, and mm-hmm. and especially during playoff time, you give the puck away, they create scoring chances for the other team, especially for some on-man rushes, which is very hard to come by in, in the playoffs. So you Florida has to take care of the, take care of that puck. Be smart defensively, especially with the physicality, and create traffic in front of the net. Those are my three keys for Florida tonight for tonight's game two. All right. So of course, your game two is tonight. Like I said, on TNT, uh, puck drop is at seven o'clock. Of course, they're going to have the pregame uh, show with uh, Liam, uh, you know, Anson Carter, Biz, Wayne mm-hmm. Gretzky, and of course, you know, Hank, you know, Hank, you know, Hendrick Lundqvist. Also to the uh, game three, which we'll see where they'll be at at well, uh, you know, by then. But we'll be Thursday in Florida, of course, again seven mm-hmm. o'clock on TNT uh, in Florida. We'll see if we're gonna, you know, by the time we get back, we'll, we'll be it'll be two one. But you know, the question is, well, how we get to the two one? That's gonna be the question. Yeah. Better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if you're, I think if you're uh, TNT, I mean, I think you better hope that you know this game goes, you know, this the series goes pretty far. That way, you kind of get at least build the buzz on it. Yes, and also too. Yeah, hopefully you will have some great moments in this series because as we talked about before the series started, Lakina, these are traditionally two small uh, market teams. They're not traditionally high hockey markets. And so if you get some great moments in this series, uh, I think fans will watch. But how many fans will watch, I don't know. But hopefully you'll get some great hockey and some great moments in this series, especially for two cities that are not traditionally hockey markets. Well, yeah, especially when you have one that's going for their first uh, ever uh, mm-hmm. title in their franchise history. So that's going to be 
that's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, like I said, if you're TNT, you want to, you hope this goes seven, so that way you can kind of build a buzz on it, especially if it gets you know, to six games, six or seven. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. This is Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, with you. Of course, you got OTAs going on as we speak, and you know many parts. You know all the teams in the NFL, including the Bears, of course. But we're gonna talk about uh the bills actually made some news over the weekend a couple of times they uh signed uh their defensive tackle ed oliver to a four-year 68 million dollar extension um including with 46 million guaranteed this is according to some of the various you know, guys like espn you know, uh, Schefter, of course uh, and i thought that was you know, rapping for tom palacero among others uh the 45 the 46 uh, 45 million guaranteed uh, you know, you know, Ed Oliver is probably one of the most t- top interior linemen, you know, defensive linemen in the league. So I think he definitely gets his uh, money's worth and such. You know, he's definitely kind of shows you why he's one of the top guys in the league. I remember mm-hmm. when he was at Houston and it was a little bit of buzz about him, you know, maybe a little bit, not really disciplined, but sort of like it was a frustration as he left Houston, but mm-hmm. he's, you know, come back, you know, uh, defensive coach in uh, Sean McDermott. And he's been one of the top uh, interior defenders in the, in all the league. Yeah, as we talked about last year, Lakina, especially during the playoff run for Buffalo, which was cut short thanks to Cincinnati in the divisional mm-hmm. round, they really struggled to stop the run. And Von Miller's uh, season-ending injury had a lot to do with that as well. So this is a big uh, a pickup for Buffalo. Now, I know I'm going to beat you to it a little bit. I know they picked up a former Chicago Bear, even <laughs> though it's for ahead, one year. Yeah, Leonard Floyd. Yeah, Leonard Floyd, who had nine and a half sacks last year for the Los Angeles Rams. He picked up a ring with them a couple of years ago when they beat Cincinnati. Uh, Buffalo uh, signed them to a uh, one-year contract. I think this is a good move for Buffalo. Leonard Floyd, I know that he had his moments here in Chicago, especially against the Packers, but uh, he didn't do too much against the, the other teams because he was hurt a lot. But I think this is a good move for Buffalo depth-wise. Uh, we all know that Leonard Floyd went healthy. He can rush the passer. He also is, is effective in the running, uh, in a run defensive game as well. So I think this is a good uh, pickup move for Buffalo. Yeah, I think yeah, that for us, it looks like Vaughn Miller will be on track. He could be back. You know, by the time, like, I guess the third or fourth game of the season, that's mm-hmm. what we're hearing on the OTAs. He is doing some light workouts uh, at, at mm-hmm. this point. Having, you know, that front seven, I think, that was really one of the few weaknesses that, the, that, that Buffalo had last year. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, rushing the quarterback, especially once Miller went down with that ACL injury. So I think if you're uh, if you're the Bills, it's definitely a good sign to kind of add depth to that and perhaps that front seven to kind of, you know, especially now that you got Oliver, you know, in, in the fold. So I think, you know, they're going for it, and I got to give uh, Buffalo, uh, commend uh, Buffalo for that. This is a good signing for them. I think, it, you know, it's definitely, yeah, I think this definitely will help them in that uh, in that front. Now, also, too, uh, they actually uh, uh, keep up with the Bills. They actually did some uh, – Groundbreaking in a new stadium a little bit further uh, west of Buffalo, about I think about a half hour west or something. They started you know breaking ground on that, and I think that say it will not be ready so I think like twenty twenty seven. I think I, I read. I might be uh, correct me if I'm wrong wrong here, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's gonna be weird. You know, not you know once that stadium is done, and we'll be interested to see uh, what the atmosphere is gonna be because it's something like that 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 stadium for the Bills has been you know iconic for years. We saw some great iconic mm-hmm. moments. That great comeback in '93 and that you know, that wild card round against the Oilers, the then Houston Oilers, I should say, and just some really great iconic moments. So yeah, it's gonna be weird, you know, you know, once they do finish this new stadium and they have to tear this stadium down. Yeah, don't don't forget about that '91 AFC title game. I think they won mm-hmm. that game 14 to nothing over Denver. 
Uh-huh. And of course, the year before they blew out the then the Los Angeles Raiders, fifty-one and nothing. Remember that was that that, uh-huh. that year that Bo Jackson got hurt. Unfortunately, his football career was over yeah. the week before against Cincinnati. So those are some iconic moments in, uh, in that stadium as well. Uh, Lakina, I, I will say this: I, I'm sure we're going to dip into it just a little, just a little bit. We have breaking news on it on Friday, but it looks like from an outsider's perspective, it looks like Buffalo is getting there stadium uh deal uh, on track unlike the chicago bears like i said we mentioned it when it was breaking news on friday uh that uh, uh it was starting to get some groundwork on that on that new stadium arlington highs on that at that old racetrack but the uh-huh. the city of naperville is like oh we want to get in on it too <laughs> well yeah i think apparently it's a tax thing i guess so they're saying that that's mm-hmm. why that that's why i guess you know they're looking at you know maybe other avenues of it you know with naperville and you know, and all that, I guess, you know, they didn't like the tax incentives and um, with the Arlington Heights, even though they already broke ground in that stadium. So, you know, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, that's interesting. They decided they wanted to do, I know what we, well, we've had our, you know, a couple of your friends of ours talked about it and such. I think they talked about it. I know they talked about it on the, on the score, a couple of our friends from there. And I know uh, our buddy, Larry Holly, who is of course the multimedia producer uh, for WG. I know he talked about it too in his, uh, mm-hmm. his videos. And look, it's going to be interesting to see what all friends of the show, I should say, uh, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting. To see what is this gonna be? Just a tactic to try to you know maybe soften you know to get our to kind of soften some of those things. I know we know that uh, Kevin Warren, of course, he was a commissioner of the Big Ten for a few years. Of course, he helped build that new stadium uh, in Minneapolis. He's yeah. also he has a business background, so I think he knows kind of how to maneuver stuff. But it just seems a little bit weird that they would want to go even further west than Arlington Heights. You know, they were they about a half hour west of there. So like you're gonna get mm-hmm. your know, folks to travel, okay? Interesting, but uh, okay, we'll see. If, we'll see how this goes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we know the Bears historically have not handled their business properly, especially when being put out in the public like this. And it's just another, it's just another hit for right now. We'll we'll see what happens. I think eventually all uh, all cooler heads will prevail and they'll get that stadium deal done in Arlington Heights. I want to ask you, Lakina, uh, do you think that the public should be uh, flipping the bill for? Uh, for for these new stadiums, I don't. No, I don't think so. I've never been a fan of you know having uh, the tax public taxpayers uh, pay for some of these new stadiums. That's why you put the you know, the initiatives on there, you know, for voting. You know, most sometimes they you know some you know people do vote for it, but other times it it, it, it fails. So yeah, I think you know put it out to mm-hmm. a vote for the people. I mean, you know, whoever. Yeah, I know uh, both Neverville and Arlington are not in Cook County, so whoever the I think do Page County, um, you know maybe put it on one of their initiatives, see what happens with that. But it's going to be yeah. interesting. But yeah, it, it, it's just, I don't know. It just, it's just going to be a little bit weird. But I, I guess, like I said, we gotta, we'll, we'll try to get somebody on to talk a little bit more about it. But uh, it just seems a little bit odd that they would do this. But okay, I guess. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, go, let's go to Tom Brady for a second. I know he's been iterating to like everybody who will listen that I'm not playing, gonna play anymore in the NFL. I know he <laughs> he did an interview with Jeremy Schapp on Sports Center a couple of days ago, and I know he did a podcast before. We reiterated that like, he is not certain; he's 100 certain he's not going back. To, you know, he's not gonna play again. I know uh, some people thought we did talk about, mm-hmm. but of course, you know, Jimmy G and the whole thing with the Raiders and all that. Some people say that maybe you know, could. I know he's from that area, of course. I'm talking about uh, you know Tom and. You know, it's just he said, "Look, I'm not playing anymore." You look, he saw we saw him in Disney. Uh, I don't know if it was Disney World or Disneyland. You know, with his youngest son, and I know he's having fun with his retirement. I know um, he said he's going to wait, you know, till next year to do uh, the broadcasting with Foss. We'll get to all the all that as the time comes. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's 
yeah, I mean, it's just silly that, that people were starting to buzz that, oh, yo, Tom Brady might come back. You know, you already filed his papers. Oh, yay. So, yeah, it's just kind of silly. It's interesting to see the athletes like that. They like the limelight. They like the attention, just like LeBron James and, and others who had that uh, type of work there and then had that type of profile and personality. If you keep uh, putting yourself in the headlines, uh, uh, I want to think about coming back. Oh, I don't. You know, uh, the public is going to get tired of that very quickly. So this was a smart move for Tom Brady. I'm not playing anymore. Like you said, we, he's trying to look uh, interested to uh, part ownership with the Raiders. I don't know if that's going to go down or not. But if you keep talking about putting your name in the headlines, oh, I'm thinking about coming back. Oh, I don't know. There's a chance. People are going to get tired of it real quick. So like you said, for Brady, I know he's going to take this year off, but he's eventually going to get back in with the broadcast. So that's what his focus should be on the outside of raising his family. Yeah, and I think he said he's going to go try to you know, travel some of the, the games this year to kind of – because remember, next year, next year, Fox is going to have the Super Bowl again. So yeah. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that I'm hoping that they, they keep – you know, they do a three-man booth with uh, him, Kevin Brooker, and Greg Olson because I don't want Olson to be put out to pasture because of Brady. So, I don't know, but, you know, yeah. again – You know, these yeah, things feel- happen in our business a lot. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. But like I said, I'm glad he uh, – I'm talking about Brady reiterated that, mm-hmm. look, I'm not – I'm not playing anymore. You know, all this stuff about him. You perhaps may play for the Raiders. I know he's got a little stake in the Raiders. Also with uh, the WBA team, the, the Aces, the Las Vegas Aces too. So, well, you know, of course, you know, they're the defending uh, WBA champ. So, yeah, I'm glad he kind of said, look, he did a tour. Look, look, I'm not interested in playing anymore. I'm good. I like, you know, retiring. He looks great. So, uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad he kind of felt that he had to kind of, I, I hate that they, I'm sure he said he had to kind of clear it up again for like the hundredth time. But he said, look, I'm, this is for real, folks. I'm done. So. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Second City Sports on a um, Monday edition. We're live in Living Color on Sports on Chicago City. King hanging out here with you. A couple of uh, sports media nuggets before we close out with Old School TV Monday. Lakina, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, Chicago time on ESPN, they'll finally air that documentary about uh, Bill Walton, a, a strange trip. Mm-hmm. I believe that um, a, a, a long, strange trip uh, has been. I'll get the title for you in just a second. But are you looking forward to it tomorrow night? Both parts will premiere. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Like he's left, he's you know, did a very fascinating uh life. And I think you know it's gonna be Yeah, the luckiest uh, guy in the world. Yeah, parts I mean, one yeah. and two tomorrow okay, night. Okay, yeah, that'll be on ESPN tomorrow night, both parts one mm-hmm. and two. And I'm looking forward to you know, I'm sure look, he had a lot to, he kind of had a little bit of hand on on how this is made. So I'm sure he'll probably tell everything from you know his upbringing to his, of course, you know, playing for John Wooden at UCLA, having you know that that long streak broken by Notre Dame, and you know, of course, you know, his you know journey in the NBA and you know everything else in between. So yeah, I'm sure he'll go, he'll go like it's kind of it's gonna be his own bio. So I'm sure he's gonna you know go all out. I'm sure it's gonna be a very fascinating. I wonder how much how much footage this had, and of course, what was on the cutting room floor. That's what I want to know. Yeah, you know, you, guys can go, you, know, you can go on and on and on for like hours. So you know, like I'm I'm sure there was like hours out of the footage that we probably haven't, we we'll probably won't see unless you know, we have like a bonus you know content or whatever. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be it should be a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, we'll see how far. Uh, I'm sure it's gonna tell like everything. Of course, you know from uh, you know, his journeys with the Grateful Dead and all that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing all that. I wonder uh, if they're going to have Jason Benetti in this because, you know, when Benetti was at ESPN, he did college basketball with him for uh-huh. years. And they did that special broadcast with the White Sox, I believe, back mm-hmm. in 2018 against mm-hmm. the Anaheim Angels. Of course, it was a broadcast to remember both good and bad, quote unquote. So I wonder how much footage they're going to use for that. And they're going to mention that at all. 
Yeah, and then I think uh, we'll know how much you know Dave Pass is going to be. Uh, of course, he's his current partner now. I want to know how he really yeah. feels about having to work with uh with uh with Mr. Walden, you know, during the uh during the college hoops season because I'm sure it's an interesting experience. I think you know we can safely say mm -hmm. that. Yep. All right. In other sports media news, uh, this just came out with uh, Andrew Marchant. Uh, uh, he's a, uh, from the New York uh, Post, I want to say, in uh -huh. a, a courtesy of our good friends at Alpha announcing another round of cuts at ESPN TV is starting sooner rather than later. Uh, looks like it's going to be completed by the end of the month. And two names that were highlighted in this article that I was reading before we um, – we went on live today. Susie Colbert and Steve Young may be the next victims of this. It's really sad, but you yeah. know, ESPN went through this a, a several years ago. Uh, they're going through it now, and we all we all know that the uh, sports broadcasting industry is changing the way we view our sports. Is changing, and plus, and plus, let's not forget, ESPN is trying to position themselves for the next round of contracts uh, with, with the NBA when their media rights deal comes up in a couple of years. Yeah, I saw that article. Of course, you know, we know Andrew Marchand does a, a great job uh, with the sports media news. I think he and Richard Deitch and Michael McCarthy from uh, Front Office Sports, you know, they all do a great job. Of course, we know mm -hmm. Richard Deitch um, with the uh, with the Athletic. Uh, yeah, it would, be a, it would be a bummer because I think who's going to who's going to do NFL countdown? I mean. Monday night, you know, count. I should say, of course, you know, if they, if Susie uh, Culver does, you know, get the boot. And I mm -hmm. actually like Steve Young. I know, you know, some people, you know, people say, you know, Steve Young might be in a, you know, maybe a little bit much for some people. I actually like his uh, perspective. So it would be a bummer if they do decide if they, those two are going to be the ones that get cut. Mm -hmm. There are a few other folks that should get cut, but again, we won't go there. But right. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say any names. But yeah, it would right. be a bummer. But yeah, it is, it is going to be tough that a lot of, that there are going to be some familiar names. You know, we, they got rid of a lot of great behind the scenes people like Mike Slotis, who's been the PR guy there at ESPN for mm -hmm. like, what, like almost 40 years almost. You know, he got the boot. A couple other folks that have been there for many years got the boot. And so, unfortunately, this is called this is unfortunately the nature of the business at this point. You know, guys, you know, well, folks going to come to courts and all this stuff. And of course, there's not enough money. They could pay uh, Pat McAfee what, about 85 million, but yet, you know, they could, could mm -hmm. cut people. So, yeah, this does look really good by ESPN standards. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a bummer if one or both those names that we mentioned could be another few other few other names that could be uh, cut as well. So. Yeah, it's going to be a bummer for us. This, this, this is what's going to be very interesting, something to keep an eye on. And going to NBC, the Peacock Network, um, former NFL quarterback Matt Castle joins uh, uh, the college football scene as a new ah. analyst for, for the big uh, NBC's Big Ten coverage to come in this fall. Yeah, I just saw that before we came on you know, when you told me I had to give you the link. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, he's a pretty smart guy, uh, Matt Castle, and I – I think it could be a could be a nice you know, uh, you know it makes you feel old that a lot of these guys we just saw these guys in college and now they're yeah. now they're going into you know NFL. He's pretty well educated. He's a, he's pretty smart and and I, and I think look it's going to be interesting if, if if this is going to be kind of like the thing here mm -hmm. and you know it, it's definitely like the guy that's you know Castle's really like if you saw him you know, when he you know, was a backup here for many years. In various teams. I mean, he is someone that is a very uh, engaging guy, a very smart guy. I think he'll definitely add something to the table for the Big Ten coverage and and whatnot. I, wonder what, what, I forgot what school he went to. God darn it. I got to look that up real quick. But yeah, I think look, they're starting to uh, you know put something together for that Big Ten, uh, that Big Ten uh, you know, Saturday game of the week on uh, NBC. So I think he'll be working mm -hmm. with, with Maria Taylor, if I'm not mistaken. So 
Yeah, this is going to be interesting to see who's going to join him. I know, yeah, he went to USC. Yeah, I, I, for, yeah of course. You know, duh, I forgot he did go to USC. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think he's going to be, gonna be a, you know, he's a very smart guy. I think he's definitely going to bring something different to the table. I think he's going to give a different perspective and such. I know he didn't play for the – he didn't play the Big Ten, of course, obviously, of course, he went to SC. Mm-hmm. But he definitely has some perspective on it. You know, he knows how to play the – he knows the quarterback position. He had a pretty solid career there. Not a bad enough where he has a couple of Super Bowls and stuff. So, yeah, so he can definitely bring some that that kind of you know experience to the table for uh their Big Ten coverage on NBC. Yeah, even though he didn't originally play in the play in the Big Ten, he'll be the new era of the Big Ten since USC is going over yes, there with so UCLA in less than a couple years from now. So yeah, so it actually makes sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So it all makes sense now. So yeah, so it all kind of works out for some reason. But yeah, I think it's gonna be a great. Uh, addition to that pregame show, it'll be interesting to see what who else is going to be a name. I think I think they already have that. I think they're going to add another person in there too, if I'm not mistaken. So mm-hmm. let me look it up real quick. But yeah, I think this is going to be interesting to see what he does and what he brings to the table because I think he's definitely going to be the kind of guy that definitely brings a different perspective. Like I said, playing for mm-hmm. SC, SC's going to be joining the Big Ten in the, you know in a couple of years. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. It should be a lot of. He should be really good at it. I think. Yes, uh, couldn't agree with you more. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago City. Looking at here with you for the uh, next uh, less than two minutes from now, since we're wrapping up the show for today. Now it's that time for Old School TV Monday, and I am very psyched about this, Lakina. As uh, as I always do, like to surprise you folks with some uh, good nuggets and insights into some of your favorite old school TV shows, since. This is the start of Black Music Month, Lakina. I want to go to the animated version of Old School TV Monday, and I will want to salute for to start off Black Music Month, the Jackson Five, the number five cartoon, and it was oh, a, a Saturday. Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes. Don't oh, get dear. so sad, young lady. Uh, the Jackson <laughs> Five uh, a cartoon series was a Saturday morning uh, cartoon series that aired on ABC from September of 1971 until October of 1972. It was produced by Rankin and Bass in the Motown Productions. It was a fictionalized portrayal of the careers of Motown recorded group, The Jackson Five. The series was rebroadcast in syndication between the years of 1984 and 1985, during the period which Michael Jackson was riding a major wave of, of popularity as a solo artist. It also briefly re-aired in 1999 on TV Land as part of the Super Retrovision Saturdays lineup. The series was animated... Um, the series was animated mainly in London at the studios of Hallis and Bachelor, and some animation was done at Studios Moro in Barcelona, Spain, and Top Craft in Tokyo, Japan. Due to the demands of the group, the roles of Jackie Tito, Jermaine Marlin, and Michael were played by voice actors with records of the group's songs being used for the musical's tracks to open the show. The group did make some contribution to the cartoon in the form of live photographs of each member morphing into a cartoon which was shown in the title scene mentally through the musical scenes of the cartoon were uh, sheerly animation and occasional live action footage of the concert or music video of the Jackson 5 will be spliced into the cartoon series. The actual Jackson 5 mm-hmm. also contributed to the show by posing for pictures prior to the cartoon's debut in which they were used for posters, new, newspaper clips, and the TV Guide spots advertising for the forthcoming TV series. Lakina, real quick, I remember that series being aired on BET back in the day which when, when it was black-owned, and I remember my late mother telling me about this show. It was a very popular show back then. Of course, it was the rise of the Jackson 5 group, as we mentioned, all the classic songs uh, that came 
from that group at that time. I remember watching that cartoon and I couldn't verbalize it at the time. I said, if this does, these voices don't sound like Michael Jackson. It doesn't mm -hmm. sound like Jermaine, but it was a very entertaining cartoon. It was a fun cartoon. I enjoyed it a lot. And also too, I want to add that it also had a laugh track as well, which I found it yes, very it weird. The only cartoon that I can remember having a laugh track at the time was the early stages of the Flintstones. Yeah, uh, I think I saw like, like four or five episodes of that series, maybe like half this half like the run of that series. I remember I heard about it you know, from your know, various folks. I know my brother mm -hmm. and you know two of my sisters said they watched the show. My mom said they watched the show on Saturdays. Look, that mm -hmm. was back in the day when, when if you were big in the 70s, 80s, and even like maybe parts of the two, 2000s, you had mm -hmm. your own cartoon. Everybody yeah. had their own cartoon. The Brady Bunch kids had their cart had their own cartoon. Uh, I, I think Starsky and Hutch had a cartoon at one point. Yeah. So yeah. Everybody that was big in the seventies to like the early two thousands had a cartoon, their own cartoon series. But yeah, it makes sense. Of course, you know, they didn't, of course, with the scheduling of, of the Jacksons and a lot of those, you know, a lot of the voices were voice actors. Mm -hmm. They weren't, you know, I think a couple of cases they were white guys from what I read, you know, a couple of white guys voiced some of those yeah. uh, guys. That's what I, I, I read. But yeah, I mean, look, it was a, it was look. I think it was, I think it was a solid cartoon. I mean, they had you know misadventures, you know, great you know cartoon hijinks. Like I can't say that I watched every episode of that show, but I do remember seeing some episodes when it did air in repeats and such. But mm -hmm. I know my mom, you know, my mom, you know, saw me watch it, you know, you know, years ago. Oh yeah, I remember this. So yeah, I mean, like it is what it is. Like it was, it was a fun cartoon. Like I said, everybody that was big in the seventies or the two thousands had their own cartoon. So you know, mm -hmm. it, was, it was just one of them. So yeah, it was, it was fun. It was good entertainment. Yeah, it ran for two seasons, totaling 23 total episodes. And don't forget those. Yes, yes, yes. yes, and it was on ABC. And it was during the time that Barry Gordy moved uh, Motown Recording Studios yes. from Detroit to Hollywood because, of course, they did uh, movies and cartoons. And so he saw yep. a, a very golden opportunity to move out to the West Coast. And that's what he did. And this is one of the many projects that, that came out of uh, Motown Productions when he moved, moved from yes. Detroit to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think everybody, I think you know, was a you know, kind of it was look, it was a nice, good you know, promotions for the group. I know they were on tour at the time and whatnot. So yeah, it was mm -hmm. a, like I said, it was like I said, it was it was a solid cartoon. You know, it aired for two seasons. Like, it, it did better than some of the other cartoons that were on during that time. I think some of them only lasted like, like not even a season in some cases, or maybe mm -hmm. one whole season. At least you got at least what like a, like a season and a half, two seasons. Yeah, from that so. I mean, yeah, it was it was cool. It was fun. Like I said, it was a bummer that you know, of course, the, the guys were so busy that they, they couldn't use their voice. So I think that would have been a little bit more authentic. But again, that was the case mm -hmm. with all the other real cartoons that were based yes. on some of those cases. <laughs> Folks, you know, they lose they use voice actors. They did lose use them. So I'm sure we'll get to some of those cartoons at some point. But yes, yeah, I mean, look, it was, like I said, it was fun. They kind of like you know paved the way for a lot of the other ones. I think, I think they were kind of like the first to kind of kind of do all that. They they, they kind of like trailblazing that front, but. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure they're actually sure they got a few royalties out of that whenever they re airs. I'm, I'm sure I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I'll, I'll I doubt it's streaming anywhere. You might, I think, you can find some of the episodes on YouTube, but yeah, you, know. you can find them on YouTube, some of them. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, like, I don't think it's streaming anywhere. I don't like I, said, I don't think Hulu or um, now, now Max, they used to be HBO Max and you know, two, two buy. I don't think they, they have them, so yeah, but it was, it was cool. It was fun. It was, it was a pretty good cartoon. I won't, I won't say it was bad, but it was okay for what it was. Yeah, so for Old School TV Monday to take, kick off June Black Music Month, we salute the Old School TV cartoon series from ABC, The Jackson 5. Lakina, close us out. You can find my key to me on the Twitter and a kid's going to be in the IG.
You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media pl- platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Just mm-hmm. go to the Google Play Store and download that Sports on Chicago app. Please download our our podcast. We're available on all podcast platforms at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. As we mentioned, we are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And I know our buddy Brandon was asking. He's going to be going out of town. He wants to listen to us. Look, if you got the Roku TV, of course, you guys can listen to us anytime, anywhere on Roku television. As long as you got the Roku mm-hmm. TV app, Roku app with you, whether it's on your uh, your cell phone or your, your smartphone or whatever, or your, or, uh, your Chromebook or whatever you got, you know, you can use to us anytime, anywhere uh, you want. Just type in Sports on Chicago. You can catch our show, Sean and Maya. Uh, what's up, Cubs? We might be you might be seeing us there on uh, tonight. Well, you know, maybe we'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, uh, and also to also of course the Smoke Fellows as well. So. You know, you catch us anytime, anywhere you want, Brent. As long as you got the Roku app on your uh, device, you can listen to us anytime. Yes. Yeah, so, so Sports Zone Chicago on Roku TV is available live and on demand, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred sixty five days a year. And you know, we will provide all of that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> scout, yeah. Just we get a couple of shows real quick. Of course, you know, we got the the college baseball playoffs. You know, Trey Richardson from uh, TCU had I think they had like eight RBIs. Uh, in one game uh, uh, yesterday against Arkansas. I think they're going to the Super Regionals. And I know the, the Women's College World Series is finishing up. Um, they're going to be down to their final two as we speak. There's a couple of semifinal matches going on right now. I know their starts on Wednesday. So, uh, you know, check that out for all of you, uh, all you college baseball and softball fans uh, out there as well. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the court. Uh, the, I know the air is a little bit, you know, weird right now. So, you know, be safe. And all that, mm-hmm. but you know, for Sid, I'm the Kansas Mississippi Sports. Enjoy the sports, enjoy the NBA finals, the baseball, mm-hmm. and of course, the Stanley Cup final as well, too. So, yeah, you know, check it out, you know, all week long. You know, we'll see you guys Friday. This is Mississippi Sports on Sports on Chicago, and uh, yeah, we'll see you Friday. Go, Sox, holla. <laughs>